Yo, 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 guys. Welcome back to Talks with Aaron BS. I have another phone interview today with someone from Calgary. His name is Scott Smith. Um, I actually talked to him about a week ago. He seems like a really nice, cool guy. So I'm really excited to talk to him. Um, I hope you guys have all been doing good, especially with all this COVID stuff. I hope you all have been staying safe wearing your masks, but also just living your best life. Um, yeah, let's give Scott a call and see what's up with him and have a little bit of a convo. Good morning, this is Scott speaking. Hi, it's Aaron. Hey Aaron, how are you? Good, you? I'm still alive, so no complaints. <laughs> How's your morning going? Fantastic. Had a chance to do a nice run, had some breakfast, uh, got a little bit of tidying done, so overall fairly productive. How was yours? It was good. Um, Yeah, I just woke up like at nine and then had a shower, ate some breakfast, and now I'm ready for this podcast. Excellent. So are we already recording? Or... Yes, we are. Sounds good to me. So awesome. So what did you want to chat with me about today? Um, well, did you maybe want to tell everyone a little bit about yourself first? Of course. So, my name is Scott Smith. I'm from Edmonton, Alberta, 28 years old. Um, I have been in the sales industry for over 12 years and health and fitness industries since I was 16. Um, so, my backgrounds, I basically come from a place of commission sales and high-level sales and management. Also, I do have a bit of a fitness background from being in the gym, working out of gyms, running gyms working as a personal trainer for a few years, so I've, I've kind of done a lot of different things. I've uh, sold everything except for people, houses, and cars, so <laughs> I have a very wide degree of experience there, over 40,000 hours, and uh, right now I'm actually running a few different companies and businesses. So my primary company that I run is called Salesmith Consulting, so we're an organization devoted to redeveloping and redesigning the sales process and adding, recreating ethical sales and just good connection and value-based selling in not just sales practices and salespeople, but also businesses themselves. Um, I'm also the director of operations for seven Anytime Fitness facilities in Edmonton and soon to be Calgary. And I run a few e-commerce online businesses and participate in a few mentorship and coaching boards. I also sit on the Chamber of Commerce for Edmonton as well, too. Oh my god, you have a busy life. <laughs> uh, very reasonably, yes. It's... Uh, there's uh, no shortage of things to do in a day, that is for sure. <laughs> um, so, have you lived in Calgary your whole life? I'm actually born and raised and lived in Edmonton my whole life, so I'm not even from Calgary. Oh, okay. And how do you like Edmonton? I'm um, very intrigued because everyone in Calgary says Edmonton sucks. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, having been born and raised here, I know where all the actual exciting things are to do. Whereas people from outside of town, usually they think of either White Ave or just West Edmonton Mall, when in reality there is a million other cool places and areas to explore. Edmonton actually has a really vibrant and healthy arts art culture, which when you know where to go is just the coolest place to be a part of. Uh, we have festivals every week, pretty much year-round, including in the winter, which keeps everything nice and exciting. And there's a lot of beautiful nature, actually. Our river valley, you can... If you know the right trails, you can actually go from outside the city on the east end and go all the way through 
outside the city to the west end without ever leaving the river valley wow. which is really, really cool we have a beautiful beautiful uh natural parks and landscape area all through there so we have our own dedicated little hiking trails and wildlife and it's not because of that sometimes you wake up with a moose in your backyard <laughs> wow okay well you should be my tour guide next time i visit edmonton because i went um when did i go i think in september and the only thing we did was the mall. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty thirsty of you, Erin. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, like, explored downtown a little bit, but um, I don't know. We just yeah. couldn't really find it. Like, especially with COVID, it was hard to, like, find things that were open and stuff. But, um, yeah, I need I need a tour guide next time I come. <laughs> Anytime that you travel to a new city, always find a local. They'll show you all the cool stuff. That's something I learned traveling around the world and being in a lot of different places so and how many countries have you been to uh let me think uh, five i've been to five countries not including canada so i've been to the u.s mexico israel china and india wow that's nice it was a very cool experience very blessed that i had those opportunities yeah i've also um traveled a little bit i've went to new york city cuba france england Brussels and Amsterdam so yeah that was like for a school trip there (laughs) that was a long time ago at this point but um yeah it was a really good time I want to travel a lot more in my future yeah it's excellent no travel travel is really cool because it gives you the opportunity to really appreciate what you have and just see how other people live one of the things I'm super passionate about is human connection and like genuine human connection and the more you're around people from different cultures, different walks of life, different ways of living, it kind of breaks you out of the bubble that I feel we get trapped in in Western society, where everybody thinks about you based off of your job or what you do or what you look like. But in reality, we're all just a bunch of hairless monkeys we're running around trying to make sense of the world. Somebody decided that we have to have jobs and taxes, which kind of ruined everything for everybody. <laughs> yeah. It's um... funny, as an entrepreneur, I'm, I'm very big on... <laughs> personal freedoms and just that general connection and just being expressing yourself as a human being to the highest level so yeah i honestly completely 100 percent agree with you mm-hmm. um so do you want to talk about sales i can certainly touch on it is there any topic on sales that you would like me to dive into or just kind of an all-rounded all-rounded go yeah, maybe like all rounded for right now because I know absolutely nothing about it. And then maybe if I have questions after, then I'll ask them. <laughs> what I'll do is first I'll dive into some misconceptions and then I'll actually give a free nugget on some of the stuff I normally teach on when I'm doing my seminars or when I'm at Nate's or when I'm going through and doing my online coaching. So some of the misconceptions that people have in sales is that it's a win-lose situation. So the customer loses because they lose their money and the salesperson wins because they gain their money. Or the customer wins because they got a super deal and the salesperson loses because they made no money. Now, that is a pretty pretty prevalent misconception that a lot of people have. And I don't blame them because there's a lot of really terrible salespeople out there that are sneaky, sharky, uh, used car salesman, vibe, and that's actually part of the reason why we started our company is to fix that. So. The essence of a sale is actually a value exchange. Now, what I mean by this is the person coming in has a need or a problem or something that they need solved. 
Because obviously you wouldn't buy something if you didn't need it or want it or have some reason to buy it. Nine times out of ten. The salesperson is there to meet that need, provide that need through a product or service. So the value that's being exchanged is the solution is being exchanged from the salesperson to the customer, and currency and capital is being exchanged from the customer to the salesperson. And ideally, when this is done correctly, they the person should get more value or the same, at least the same amount of value in the product or service as they are in the currency they're exchanging. Now, this breaks down when people try and haggle or discount or when there's arbitrary markups or upselling or pushy selling. I hate pushy selling. It's the dumbest thing on the planet. It's the easiest way to make no money as a salesperson. Um, but that's the first misconception. The second the second misconception is that all salespeople are trying to get you. Now, again, when you're in those high-pressure sales environments, it can really feel that way. You can, you can feel like a gazelle just walking through the savannah and like there's lions ready to pounce on you and you're always on your guard and you don't want them to get you. And I, I totally get that and some people have experienced that. Whereas the overwhelming majority of salespeople are there to just serve you, add value, find out your needs, and help you. Um, the final misconception, big misconception, is that it's bad to spend money. Money is useless if it's not spent. It's it's dead potential. It is it is the ability to do something. And when people aren't buying and selling, people aren't spending money. The economy stagnates. People like nobody has jobs. Nobody has work. That's twenty dollars that you spend at a local business will then be spent on maybe clothes for their kids, and then the person spent with there might spend it on, um, you know, paying for tax services. And by the time that money finally eventually hits the bank or an investment account, it's touched the lives of over 20, 30, 50 people. So those are a few of the misconceptions. Now, um, but on the topic of the value exchange, it's very important that people, especially anybody that wants to make a career out of sales or wants to be successful in business, because you cannot be successful in business if you're not willing to sell. It is literally impossible because as the business owner, you are the primary salesperson. You know, yes, you're the business owner. Yes, you've created this. But at the very beginning, you're not going to have a, a whole army of top-level salespeople ready to go and sell your product. It's just that's not a realistic situation. If you are, you're super blessed. You're super fortunate. Get your things going because that is not common. But for the majority of people, you're the primary salesperson. So the biggest thing to understand as a salesperson is your entire role is to add value to the person in front of you whether that's through a product, whether that's through a service, whether that's through information, or even just an interaction. Even if all you've done is just make them smile and laugh and have a good day, you've added some value to that person in front of you. And when you shift your focus from trying to get the sale to trying to add value to the person, not only do the sales come easier, but they feel more natural, they feel more genuine, you feel like you're actually helping people, you don't feel smiley, you don't feel weird, that a person in front of you is more willing to deal with you because we can always tell if someone's just trying to get something out of us versus if somebody actually genuinely wants to help us. We evolved as social creatures over millions of years. We, we have these instincts hardwired in our brains, and we've, we've had it there since before we even knew how to talk. So making that switch to serving versus selling will be the biggest game changer that anybody in the sales industry can have. Wow, I really liked your explanation. <laughs> <laughs> I like completely understand it now. Um, but back on your misconceptions, I feel like I've definitely felt all of those. Um, 
So what do you think that we can do to get rid of them? Well, I think that the root of the problem is the fact that there aren't ethical salespeople, or there aren't as many ethical salespeople as there should be. I'd say it's maybe 60% of people in sales are ethical. The other 40% are just there to make a quick buck. Mm-hmm. So, and again, that's part of the mission behind my company in the first place is to fix the problem at its root. If every salesperson is ethical, value-focused, focusing on serving, online retail giants like Amazon will die overnight. The whole reason people go and buy online is because there's no value interacting with the salesperson because they feel like they're just going to get arbitrarily sold. Again, like they're going to try and have these things taken or done to them. And selling the problem at its source is the biggest thing. So re-educating people, getting ethics back into selling, only and shifting kind of the culture too in people to not buy from people unless they're being ethical. And so that portion falls on the consumer a little bit as well too, because ultimately you vote with your dollar. If someone's in sales and they're not making money, they don't stay in sales for very long because they either get tired or they realize, hey, I'm not doing this thing. Mm-hmm. So. Solving it at the root is the core the core issue. And for a lot of business owners that have sales teams, like 20, 30, 40 years old business owners, you, they have to shift their thinking. They have to shift their mentality. Because if you think about it, back in the, the 30s, 40s, and 50s, it was all service-based selling. You, you went to a salesperson, and they became your best friend, and they solved every problem you had, and it was amazing. You fast forward to like the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, where we ran into hyper-capitalism and hyper-consumerism, and it just became about pumping out as much production as possible, that human element was lost. And so, and especially with our generation and the younger generation, you know, all human beings create connection. So now we're starting to see this really cool shift in the marketplace where a lot of businesses that for 20 or 30 years could get by just with high-pressure tactics, pumping production and focusing on numbers, they're failing left, right, and center. Big box, big box retailers going out of business. High pressure places going out of business, car dealerships going to the left, right, and center. The only places that are thriving right now are the places that add value to their customers, that serve their people, that really go out of the way to create that connection, which is, it's really cool to see. But a lot of those business owners that are trapped in that older mentality need to shift their thinking back to the correct way. And so I think that's probably the third and final thing that would solve this problem. So in your personal opinion, um, I know that you said connection was important, but what else um, can a salesperson have to be a great salesperson? Because um, I went to Best Buy yesterday because I was looking to buy a laptop and um, a lady came up to me, like a worker, and she's like, oh, could I help you? I said, yes. And I feel like the most important thing to me with someone in sales is someone who knows like all of the information and who knows what they're doing. Like I had so many questions for her and she answered them all perfectly. And I was like, okay, you know what? Yeah, I will buy this computer because I got all my questions answered, you know? Yeah, you actually took the answer right out of my mouth. So, um, but I'm going to actually give you a slightly different answer than you're expecting. The biggest thing that actually will make or break a salesperson and is probably the most important is trust. So the reason I say that, now, it's funny you bring up Best Buy because I actually learned a lot of my high-level sales skills back in Future Shop in 2012 and 2013, way, be- way back in the dinosaur age before all out. <laughs> now, product knowledge is a huge pillar. You need to know, you need to be an expert in what you do or at least have the ability to get that information. 
But more importantly, that person in front of you needs to be able to trust you. Because even if that salesperson didn't have some of those answers, if they say, hey, that's a great question, let's go find out, and they either Googled it or talked to somebody else, you would have still had that trust and you would have still wanted to buy from that person because their interest was in solving your problem, not selling you a product. And so that's one of the, but product knowledge is, again, one of the biggest, 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 biggest things that every salesperson should have. Whether you're a business owner, whether you're a salesperson, know your product, read the reviews, read the read the labels, read the descriptions, read the feedback from the manufacturers, ask people how their experience has been with it, learn about it, pick it up, play with it, move it around. The more you know about your product, the more the more information you're going to have, and the more your ability to serve the person in front of you increases. So product knowledge is mission critical, but being able to create that feeling of trust and connection is every bit as critical. Because even if that person knew everything there was to know about a laptop, if they just started trying to randomly sell you something, you probably still wouldn't have bought them. And yeah, all of all of this comes from over 40,000 hours of experience over the course of 12 years in just a whole bunch of different industries and fields. And there's a there's a lot of a lot of information and a lot of in the field experience I have with this. <laughs> Jose Lavoie is a graphic designer and small YouTuber. If you ever need any creative services done or just want to support her work, check out her website, heyjose.com, or her Instagram at heyjose. So can we maybe talk about the commission in sales? Certainly. I will personally never buy from a salesperson, or I will go out of my way to avoid buying from salespeople that aren't on commission. And there's a few reasons behind this. Because number one, now most people when they think of a commission, I'm actually going to kind of squirrel off here a little. Most people when they think of a commission salesperson, they think of this dude in like a weird suit that's just waiting for you to come in and try and rinse as much money out of your wallet or purse as they can. Now the real reason, the real truth of the matter is, yes, there are some people like that. They're usually either very new or just in the weirdest high-pressure industries. The reason I will usually go out of my way to buy from commission salespeople is their paycheck is literally on the line. They have to go out of their way to make sure they've served me, they've answered every question, they've given me everything I need to know, they've provided the best possible product or solution, because if they don't, they don't get paid. <laughs> and more importantly, I really believe that if someone's gonna take that level of skill, they're gonna take that level of care with solving my problem and getting to know me, they should be rewarded quite, quite adequately for it. They're solving my problem. And businesses that refuse to pay their salespeople for commission will eventually go out of business because the second a competitor opens up down the street that has that as their model with proper ethical sales, they'll bulldoze them left, right, and center. It's it's actually quite funny to bring up because when I worked at a future shop in the West End here in Edmonton, there was a Best Buy down the street, and we did quintuple what that Best Buy did in sales. And we were on commission. They were not. Wow mainly because of that difference. People will go where they feel they are served. People will go where they feel that the person they're dealing with genuinely wants to care about them and solve their problem over a simpler solution. I've had customers that as soon as they knew I like moved to Shore Park or across the city would drive 45 minutes to an hour out of their way just to come and buy from me again because of the level of service and the level of trust that we had together. Wow. Yeah, that makes all the difference, eh? Yeah, and granted, there's a lot of people on commission sales that either don't have a clue what they're doing or they're just trying to follow some weird BS tactics that maybe they learned online or through some 
guru or whatever it happens to be, but ultimately people should buy from the people that are going out of the way to serve. And if you're in sales and you're, you really want to serve people and create these high value connections and relationships with your customers, you should be in commission. Otherwise you are really selling yourself short and you could be making a lot more money. Sales is the highest paid industry in the world, period, end of story. More than doctors, more than fighter jet pilots, more than athletes. Salespeople make the most money, period, as a career. Because when you're solving problems and you're dealing with larger sums, larger problems, larger issues, the commissions get higher, the payouts get higher, because the level of value being added is higher. Commission should always reflect the level of value you're added to your people, never less, never more. So a good example of this is when I took over the Anytime Fitnesses, I actually increased everybody's pay. I increased their commissions. I increased their wages uh, quite quite substantially from what they were being paid. And we wound up doing in the first two weeks of March more than we had done in the past three months combined. Wow. Because of just the absolute different level of service being rendered, care being rendered. And it, it, it was a magical. It absolutely transformed the business. We went like it's, and it, this has happened numerous times. Uh, everywhere I've worked, everywhere I've had a chance to manage or operate, the minute that you give people the ability to earn what they're worth, their love, their care for their job, their level of service, and just the amount of time and effort they're going to take with their customers and clients is going to be night and day. Because why would you give amazing service if there's no consequence if you don't? Why? Why would you? Wow! Can I come work for you? <laughs> Um, I have a waiting list of about 12 people. So unfortunately, I don't, I don't know if that would be possible. But, oh, man. But, I, but as I continue to get out and work with other businesses and help coach them and help them build their systems, I'm sure there'll be other opportunities available that are starting to catch on with uh, the little little bit of magic I've created. So did you, like, ever go to school for this? Or, like, do you maybe... Oh, God, no. no, you haven't? Nope. And there's no such thing as going to school for sales. Um, I mean, I actually—it's funny, funny I say that because I actually am creating an education course for salespeople, and there's a few good ones out there, either like Grant Cardone or um, Jordan Belfort, that have some good good skill sets in there as well too. But the reason why I recommend people go out and just get their hands dirty is because. You need to find what works for you. You need to find your communication style, your personality. You have to be genuine. You can't be reading a script or doing something that somebody completely night and day personality from you is doing because it's going to come off as ingenuine. The person's not going to trust you. You're going to feel like a weirdo. And you're setting expect. You're basing your success off of just a particular system or tactic or whatever it happens to be when in reality, every single human being is different. Every single connection is going to be different. If you have two twins coming in to buy the same thing, you're still going to have different interactions with each person. It never looks the same. There's a general flow to follow, that general best practices and things to keep in mind as you're interacting, but every interaction is always going to be unique. So my best recommendation for people is get into a sales job, get into a commission sales job, so there's actually consequences and incentive for you to do well. And then find somebody who's really good at what they do and learn from them. Yeah, that was actually going to be my next question. Um, <laughs> do you have any like tips 
for people who want to go into sales. Yeah, you don't don't go to school for it. You can you can pick up some really good courses for sure to get to build up a bit of a base level knowledge and to build up some base level stuff. But first, you gotta you gotta figure out who you are. You have to know who you are to be an, a highly effective salesperson. You have to be genuine with yourself. But more importantly, you gotta find a coach. A coach is gonna be mission critical, and it's gonna save you so much time. If I hadn't have been coached way back. 10 years ago, 10 or ten or 9 years ago when I was first getting into commission sales, even though I'd already been in sales for 3 to 4 years, before that, that coaching made amplified it by a million percent. Without that coaching, there's no way how I would have been where I am today. And eventually, I'm going to give this man a gold statue of himself, and he has no idea it's even coming. So, but find a coach, find somebody that operates at a really high level and learn from them. And just learn from anybody who's doing well. You have to be willing to be an amazing student of the industry so you did you go to school for anything like do you have a degree in anything i do not have a degree at all i studied psychology for a few years and decided that school was a load of bs and because <laughs> I, I i started my very first business when i was 16 years old and that was a graphic design and branding business then uh that flopped because around that time is when you could just pay somebody 20 bucks in india and I didn't have enough of a skill set in sales and enough of a proven track record to be able to attract still those high-paying local clients. So at that point, I that business folded, and then I started up another business when I was about 19 years old. And that's also around the time I decided to check out post-secondary. And I remember sitting in class, sitting through a lecture on something that had nothing to do with psychology because you have to buy, get all these other random courses to get your credits. And I was like, I'm spending money here to be here when I could be somewhere else making money, making a lot of money. I was like, why am I doing this? Honestly, I've had the same experience as you. I have um, a bachelor's degree in psychology. And literally after my first year, I was like, why am I doing this? This is so pointless. I had one psychology class and the rest were all electives. And it was like, why am I doing a degree in psychology if... My first two years, I only have two psychology classes, you know, Um, but I'm definitely shifting that mentality and I'm looking to maybe have my own business one day. Um, I don't know in what yet, but uh, yeah, I'm looking towards going in that direction. So do you maybe have any tips for like um, people who want to start a business or for new entrepreneurs? Oh, absolutely. Oh, this is my favorite topic to talk on. So, <laughs> first, before you do anything, you have to take a step back and ask yourself, what do you want out of life? This is critical. You need to establish your dream and your vision. And now, when I say, what do you want out of life? I don't mean what job do you want to have or car or blah, blah, blah. That's all bullshit. Like, I'm, I'm going to be very candid. That is straight bullshit. How do you want your life to look like? What do you want to feel when you wake up? Where do you want to wake up? Do you want to wake up in Sicily on the Mediterranean? Do you want to wake up next to your spouse with your three or four kids? Do you want to wake up, you know, with with your parents living in a little cottage at the end of your lot? Like, how do you want to feel in the day? What opportunities do you want to have? Do you want to be able to travel? Where do you want to travel? Do you want to travel first class? Do you want to travel coach? Do you want to be able to never have to worry about money or wake up one day and be like, you know what, I'm going to Paris today and just hop it on the plane and away you go. Or, conversely, 
are you perfectly content and excited to just have a small little flat and just a meager means? You really have to figure out what what you want your life to look like and what your end vision is before you should ever dabble in being an entrepreneur. The reason why this is so critical is because if you don't have a dream, you will eventually fold, fail, or sign up to being an employee for the rest of your life as soon as things get too difficult. Your dream is going to be what's going to sustain you through all the BS. And there's going to be a lot of BS. No matter how amazing of a business plan you have, how passionate and excited you are about it, life will just keep kicking you right, right between the legs and keep dragging you through the mud, no matter how excited or happy you are. And that vision is going to be what's going to sustain you. It's going to be, you know, after you've gone bankrupt once or twice and maybe you've had a divorce or a bad breakup or whatever it happens to be, that's going to be the thing that's going to make you get up and out of bed the next morning and still pick up that phone and make those calls and go and serve your clients. So start there. Once you have your vision, and this isn't something that you can just figure out in like five minutes. Like your vision will come from your values. And that actually brings me to the next point. Once you have an idea of that, you need to understand your values. What are your values? What are your red lines? What are your non-negotiables? Do you even know what your values are? For the overwhelming majority of people, those are two questions you never get asked, ever. Like you don't get asked that whatsoever. They just want to ask you what job do you want to have, what school do you want to go to, what car do you want to buy, and it's they focus too much on the what, whereas you need to figure out who you are. What you are, it doesn't matter. What you are will change every day. It will change every second. But who you are is the core constant that will define everything about your life as long as you're living that. So now once you've identified your value sets, and I even say write them down, read them out, and you'll, you'll have very tangible feelings if you know you're on the right track. Now once you have that, what can you create or do within your passions or within your knowledge base that is in alignment with your vision and your values? And once you kind of have an idea there, those are your business models and opportunities to explore. Wow. <laughs> I honestly love talking to you because you're literally inspiring me so much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to have that effect, but this is, a, this is all a very hard-won knowledge. I was very, very fortunate at the ripe young age of 18 years old to, through a series of different companies and individuals, wind up with a mentor, like, entrepreneur mentors that had gone from being dirt poor to making over a million dollars. So I was very fortunate to borrow their mentalities and their viewpoints and their references and, and be coached by them. And now I just want to give that back to everybody else. If you're looking for affordable yet stylish clothing or jewelry, check out Neon Apparel. They are a clothing brand based in Calgary, Alberta that ships worldwide. So if you want to shop their collection, check out their Instagram or their website at neon.ca. So do you maybe have any book recommendations for people who want to start that up? Well, um, one of the first one, one of the panic, like the core foundational texts behind everything I do is called How to Win Friends and Influence People. Uh, it's by Dale Carnegie. It's written in back in the old tiny times, but it's, it's a great way to just talk about proper communication and connection with people. And you have to be able to connect with people to be successful in business, or you have to at least be willing to try because businesses are about serving people at their core. 
That's that's the entire purpose of my business is to serve people and get paid out of it. Um, another good one is Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. That one is really good for people that kind of want to shift their mentalities from that nine to five employee. I'm stuck in the grind. I'll never get free. Like blah blah blah. Like whatever whatever lies people want to tell themselves. Um, that's a good one to shift you out. Anything by Robert Kiyosaki is an, also an amazing text. Rich Dad Poor Dad is a 21st century. There's a lot of text by him that I would absolutely recommend people check out as well too. Awesome. I'm going to go buy all of these now. <laughs> you will be very, very happy that you did. The biggest, one of the other biggest things for new entrepreneurs and for salespeople to understand is there's no such thing as a bad economy or a good economy. That's a myth. That's BS. That's made by economists to scare people into buying whatever stocks or products. The amount of, first off, money isn't real. Money is a concept. Money doesn't actually have any tangible value in itself. Money is potential. It's an idea and it's a concept. So instead of being so focused on acquiring the money, be focused on acquiring the, the ability to add and exchange for value. And that's the first shift you have to make. Second off, the amount of money in the system never changes. Period. End of story. If people are out of work, people are losing money or whatnot, all that money is going to the banks and the government is injecting money to the people. If people are, like, the economy is booming, the money is going through the companies into the hands of the people. The biggest key to always remember is the amount of money doesn't change. The only thing that changes is whose hands are holding the money. And as a business owner and a salesperson, you need to be keenly aware of those shifts because that's where you're going to shift your focus. Because as part of that value exchange, you have to add the value in exchange for the capital. And Canadians themselves spend $1.7 for every dollar they make. So we also have this funny thing called debt, where people will literally go into debt for things they want because they want to. So never be never be intimidated by, oh, it's a bad market, or the economy's bad, or this or that, or nobody has jobs. Because if you're going to subscribe to that mentality, you will lose every time 10 out of 10. I really love your advice. Um if people who are listening right now would like to ask you more questions or would like to check out your business, where can they find you? So we're actually in the process of building our website and building our social media presence. So that is currently non-existent. However, I accept all inquiries and questions through my email address that my co-pilot and business partner also watches. He's also an absolute demon of a salesperson and has a lot of similar mentalities and experiences as myself. And that email address is info at salessmithsconsulting.com. Now I'm just going to fire that to you via message so you have it. Okay. And anybody that would like to learn more information, would like to set up a call to connect with me or just learn a little bit more, I'd be happy to, I'd be, happy to be open to that. And what, what I'll even do is for anybody because you've given me the ability, the opportunity to speak on your platform, anybody that does want to pick my brain or does have some questions, if they're going to email me within the next week, so before the end, before uh, April 10th, I will set up one free hour of a one-on-one -on -one training or info session or whatever it is they want. Wow, that's so awesome. Thank you so much for doing that. Um I really appreciate it, and I'm sure all my listeners appreciate it as well. Um, 
I just wanted to take the time to say thank you so much for doing this. I'm sure you're so busy with all your jobs and your life. And um, I wish you so much success, even though you're you're already really successful. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for doing this for me. And uh, I really appreciate it. And if you ever want to be on my podcast again, I would really, really love that. Yeah, you're very welcome, Aaron. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day and for giving me a platform to speak and hosting me. I wish you success as well, too. And just remember, success is always relative. But I've uh, I've already given enough mind benders for everybody, so I'll leave you to enjoy the rest of your beautiful morning. Thank you kindly. I just want to thank Scott again for being a part of this podcast with me. Um, I really appreciate your time, Scott. I'm posting this podcast um, a little bit sooner than expected. Um, in hopes that you guys will take him up on his offer and email him. So yeah, if you like this podcast and you are interested in more of what Scott has to say or his tips and advice, um, maybe send him an email and uh, I'm sure he will answer all your questions and concerns with ease and with respect and give you the most amazing advice. So um, thank you so much, Scott. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this podcast. I hope you guys have an amazing day. Bye!